and you're just sure that as soon as he, he hears you, he's going to fire right back. But instead, as soon as you hit your first nose, he shuts up. How do you respond? I get up and leave. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to the DSD Hunting Podcast on this beautiful day in early April. I'm Brad Cochran, alongside with my partner, Dave Smith. For today's podcast, we are really excited to be joined by our good friend, Mike Pentecost, owner and founder of Woodhaven Custom Calls. We brought Mike here to talk us uh, talk to us primarily about turkey calls and also pick his brain about turkey calling tips and hopefully to learn a little more about Woodhaven Company. Mike, thanks for joining us, buddy, and welcome to the show. I'm glad to be here. Like we said, we was talking a little bit, I guess, off air a little bit ago. Just a lot going on, but sure are blessed and honored and thankful. I mean, those are simple things. Just be thankful and blessed and honored to be able to participate. Yeah, we appreciate that so much, Mike. We we know you're so, so busy this time of year, and it's just it's just an honor <laughs> to talk to you. You are, you are a living legend. Oh, don't go there, Dave. I mean, you talking about legends? <laughs> y'all, 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 the legends in the in what y'all do. I think it, you know. I laughed. I laughed. Told somebody. I said, uh, "It's a shame you got to get old to be worth something." <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> now because yeah. you know you kind of the more you hang around and the, the older you get, some people start listening to you or wanting to know what you got to say if you're becoming you know successful at what you're doing. Uh, again, y'all been very successful with what y'all do. We've uh, we've been a part of uh dsd turkey long time we we just want to be like you that's what brad and i say all the time we and we want our company to be like woodhaven and that's that's a tall order because you guys are are super super successful and it's not you know it's my granddaddy said you say and of course all his sayings mean so much more to me now you know and since he's been gone and everything but one of the sayings he always told me he said it's a sad dog it don't it won't wag its own tail you know, he's, you know, and you start putting analogy to that and, you know, it's like all he's saying, the dog just, you know, it's a sad dog. It won't wag its own tail. I just, you know, I don't, I, I'm just, I, you know, I want to be a dog that'll wag my tail, but I was saying that we just, I'm not bragging. I'm just, I'm thankful again. Uh, it's a lot of hard work and dedication and it ain't just me now. I mean, it's, uh, it started out and, uh, I, I hold some hard roads for a long time and, you know, it's kind of like, uh, sometimes you just, Felt like the weight of it was going to collapse you, but the good Lord saw, saw me through. And, I, and I'm just, I'm just thankful to have had faith. Uh, thankful to have had faith to stay the course, even when the naysayers and everybody was telling me, "You'll never make it. You can't do it." You know, fold up. And, and I, I'm just thankful that I hung on because it's. Uh, and, and I've been blessed, you know, Dave, to be able to. Um, not unlike yourself, I mean, you guys have made some good uh, decoys and you made them real and you made them lifelike and you make details and everything. It makes a difference. Well, same thing. I mean, I just, I, I just had a, a plan and, uh, and, and really just learned that plan every day. And, but just uh, my analogy is you're either first class or no class. Uh, I just don't think there's a place for second and that's a hard, you know, hard thing to do. And then you have to work hard to get there and, and uh and then woodhaven is kind of uh followed uh, a fellow told me a few years ago he said uh, a man's character 
in a closely held cor corporate company, like I said, a man's character will soon become a company's policy. And that mm. stuck with me. Simple things. I mean, I'm an analogy kind of person. Uh, uh, you know, I'm analyzing. I've got to talk with my hands and all that kind of, you know, <laughs> when uh, I rub my belly and pat my head or pat my belly and rub my head. I, you know, I, I'm just, as an entrepreneur, <laughs> you got lots of things that, in that you, uh, so the pot's constantly being stirred and you better stay dil diligent and on top of it. And then the biggest thing with, with what I have, I started out doing and then, have got a great team that works now and supports us. Then, uh, and we've learned. I've learned every day about even you know. I still love building turkey calls and doing what I do. And, and uh, you know, we're developing other lines of calls that are that'll be coming uh, forward. Our deer's already been out there in uh, a year, and it did really, really well. So, anyway, I just uh, thankful that we got good people in place. And I said, I don't, I just don't, I just don't cut corners. You know, I, I, I won't, I won't, won't substitute for being the best. Well, yeah. And you know, Mike, I've always loved your analogies and I've always thought that they're every bit as creative as your calls. Um, and I want to get back to those in a minute, but let's start with the beginning. Tell us, you know, tell us where you're from and how you got into turkey hunting. Um, Heflin, Alabama, little town, halfway between Birmingham, Alabama, and Atlanta, Georgia. Everybody's easy to pick those spots. We're basically a rock throw either way, hour either way, right on the interstate. And a uh, big group of trees up and down this part. It's called the Talladega National Forest, a big uh, national forest. And we, the highest three mountains in my state of Alabama are in my county. So, um, Chihau. Uh, Duggar and Oki Mountains were some of the highest. So I hunted mountain turkeys all my life, and I grew up right here on a, a lot of national forests and uh, management area. And just as a youngster, just going hunting, uh, you know, my daddy, my granddaddy, I mean, we didn't get to hunt all that much, really. I mean, they were so busy and had so many things going. And, um, uh, you know, then it, after a while, my dad just got out of, uh, he wasn't a turkey hunter. My granddaddy wasn't a turkey hunter. They were both, you know, he was, a, my granddaddy was more of a bird hunter. My daddy deer hunted some, but you know, they just, you know, my dad was a really hardworking workaholic. I mean, just, you know, and always trying to provide for his family and stuff. And my granddaddy did too. So anyway, I, I, they came, you know, as I got big enough to ramble and get in the woods and do things, I mean, there was a certain group of guys around here that, that I just thought were cool. You know, they were, they were quote unquote turkey hunters and uh, all of them was kind of just, they just carried yourself in a different way. And anyway, so I, I started nosing around into what turkey hunting was and turkey hunters and, you know, and I, then I got spent tons and tons and tons of time in the woods. I just, uh, I was single till I was 36, and uh, so I had a lot of time to do what I wanted to do and didn't answer to anybody but myself. And, uh, that just put me in the woods a lot, and then I, I just was totally obsessed with uh, becoming a woodsman. I mean, I, I, bottom line is woodsmanship is the, the key to everything in the woods itself, but uh, woodsmanship, it was a, something I learned, and, you know, and that basically means you just, fall down and mess up and you learn how to, you know, you mess this situation up, you mess that up and you, you know, you, 
you didn't do this right, and that deer winded you, and uh, this you messed up, and you was facing the wrong way right here, and this turkey boogered, and but you just kept learning, learning, and and then uh, I just was very curious with the vocabulary of uh, turkey, especially and deer and everything. But uh, and then I just started. I basically broke a call back in the mid to late '80s there that uh, little plastic potted slate call that I had from somebody, and uh, I mean I, I just tried to mend it back together, and I thought, man, I that's I, I, I like that better. Like the way that sounds better than it did the way it was when it was new, and I, I think that probably was a point that got me into dabbling, and that's a ter that's a southern term. A dab you dabble. I think yeah, some of y'all's ducks do some dabbling, don't they? D ducks dabble, but anyway, uh, they uh, that was supposed to be a good one, boys. Y'all supposed to go ching ching, -ching you know. <laughs> and uh, anyway, they uh, they I, it was a hobby. And it just kept going and growing. I mean, in a, my grandparents' basement and my my daddy's house, they had a wood shop in the basement of it. And it was very humble beginnings. And uh, it just started going and growing. And you know, then I got got married and then just came home about the next year and said I quit my job and we're going into turkey call business because I got I, I'm not going to be happy unless I try to do the bit you know try to do it as a business instead of a hobby the hobby is growing and growing and growing and I just believed we could do it and I actually just you know prayed about it and I, I really felt led that that was what I need to do and that door was open for me and that was it wow that's that's a pretty that's pretty awesome that's uh yeah that's you know they always say if you just if you just you know do do what you love it'll never really feel like work right. uh, and that's that sounds like that's the case in your case you know like I said, I could tell you every detail, and we'd we'd burn an hour of time here up, and you know we'd just say, <laughs> "Okay, let's go home." Nick, we didn't even get to ask you but one question, but uh, <laughs> you know it, it's just—I mean, it's not hard to 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 talk about something that's totally your life's work and your life's your dream, and and see your dream come true, and and uh, just to start trying to make it now. I mean, I, again, it's just been. Uh, a blessing more than anything. I mean, and uh, you know, we're just thankful. I, I, I like I said, I could give you and any, any if y'all. I mean, the detail wise, I can give you all kinds of details. You, know, I mean, we started doing this and that year and that and this year, and and uh, but anyway, we incorporated and uh, I think it was ninety nine. So basically, two thousand was our first year in business, and now we're. I mean, but I started building calls. I think it was eighty eight ish. And uh, 1988 ish, and then uh, it, it was a hobby till about 98, 99, whatever. And then I, like I said, I kicked into gear and tried to make a go of it. And it took a long time to get here, but you know, now it's like we're, we were building, I was in the process of building a national brand that needed direct to be able to sustain itself. It had to be, you had to have sales throughout the, the country, you just couldn't. It just wasn't going to make it just in regional or cross town, or you know, it, you just wasn't going to make it doing that. So, basically, I just wanted to put in a high, high quality, the best I could build call, put it in a great package, and and get it to consumer. And the thing here is, we don't cut corners, we we call calls here, we don't send out calls that, that don't work, 
Uh, and we try to be uh, as pure to our customer service. We try to treat people like we want to be treated. We're family. Uh, we're a small family here in in the in the shop. And I mean, I mean, I'm, I, like I said, I could do details, details, details. But uh, any more y'all mm-hmm. want, you, you ask me, and I'll try to get you the answer. But I figure y'all want to talk about turkey hunting more or something, something else besides just me and Woodhaven and where we came from. Well, no, it's it's fascinating because Dave and I can can relate to everything you're saying. You know, we're we're still a small business and and we're privately held, and um, yeah, we've definitely been through some some tough times and some rough roads. Um, and you know, you and I were talking not too long ago, Mike, and you used an analogy that. Um, Building your call business is similar to building a lake. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one. <coughs> pardon me. That one is a um, something that's basically just come to me that it, with the, the way I keep talking about the business and and um, everything. So I, I guess it's just it, it made me come up with that analogy because really it's been a lot, a lot of hard work. And, uh, and nobody, I had a guy talking to me today, oddly enough, <coughs> was talking to me about um, how hard this is, really is, and nobody would really understand what you go through. And nobody really has the appreciation unless you kind of been in the shoes y'all are and I am. But you know, he was talking that I would, that, that people just wouldn't understand uh, how hard you had to work and how lonely it was when you was here all night long and trying to do because the get the orders out and and you don't know where the next you know you got to pay the next bill and everything but anyway but what that what <laughs> that analogy came by the is i, I tried to tell somebody because now we're starting to grow and we're able to uh as we're beginning to take make money i mean we're taking that money and reinvesting it into infrastructure which we've you know expanded our building and made a better uh, made a dock here that we could you know trying to get better equipment so there was where the analogy came from the lake i attributed to i building a company i needed to build a lake and you know i'm sitting here saying well here's a nice stream and a nice place to build a lake and you know if i could just take this dirt and dig here and dig there and shake this up and i could take and stack this dirt up and build a dam i could have a real nice lake here right here and we could you know have a nice fishing and recreation and everything and so but so you know and to build that lake i need a big excavator and dump trucks and uh packing devices and be the big d9 bulldozer so i can move all this earth and dirt and that's how I, that's what i really need is some fine equipment, big equipment to do that. But you know what? God has given me a wheelbarrow, a pick, and a shovel. So I had two options. I was going, I mean, I was purposed for building a lake, i.e. a business, and I had to do what I had to do with what I had to do with. I mean, so now there's a big pretty dam and a, fine lake and the you know the fish are stocked and, and they're starting to reap the benefits of the beauty of the lake and that's what i'm saying starting to reap benefits of a of a company but you know it goes back to that being appreciative of, and knowing the hard work that goes into 
I basically built the dam and built a pretty lake with a pick and a shovel and a wheelbarrow. And, you know, now I'm, you know, and now I'm to the point, I mean, we're able to reinvest, you know, we're not making money yet. That's like, you know, everybody thinks you're just making all kind of money, but it takes money to make money is the old analogy. And, um, we, it's been constantly, uh, reinvesting and re-putting in because as a small little company, I mean, I have my, my money sits on the shelf. I mean, I have to build inventory and I can't eat inventory and inventory don't pay bills unless it goes out as a receivable comes in as cash, you know? And so, uh, you know, I have a lot of my quote unquote money that's built up into this, these shelves and everything and wood, uh, plastics, glass, crystal, slate, uh, you know, all kinds of the, the different degrees of packaging and cards. And I mean, there's just, you, you know, <laughs> everything that nobody would ever even put a thought to. They just think you come in the door and throw a switch and, you know, the assembly line kicks in and turkey calls start spitting out the back door like Easter eggs. And that ain't the way it happens. It's a lot of work and a lot of people that, uh, but anyway, back to the the lake, I, Brad. That's what you was asking about, and that's that was my analogy. That you know, now we're able to start affording better equipment, and everything, and you know, now that I could. But honestly and, and candidly, we're you know the the better equipment that we're able to put in to play now is just going to make us more efficient. Uh, I, I've done things the hard way for so so long, uh, without just done without. I mean, if I needed a, I mean. Like I said, pick and shovel. That's how I had to do it because that's what I could afford and I couldn't afford anything else and I just had to do what I had to do. And now we're going to continue to make the same quality of calls. We're just kind of getting better, better equipped, better machines, you know, better sanders, better saws, better uh, rip saws, better molders and shapers. And, you know, it's just make, it's going to make it a lot better putting a good dust system and uh, up, just upgrading things all the way across the board. It's just going to make us more efficient. But anyway, that was the story about the lake. <laughs> yeah, well, and efficiency is the name of the game. And it's it's funny that you talk about all the, you know, your your humble beginnings. Because I, listening to you, I can remember that this thought just occurred to me. I remember not too long ago when we literally didn't even have a forklift. You know, right. we were so small. <laughs> and we had so yeah. much money tied up in, you know, into our materials. I ain't had one. We bought, we bought a used a, a used one. A month ago, <laughs> I mean, you know, we just and the, and the forklift, the the pallet jack I had was uh, was broke and, and you know just rigged with baling wire and, and duct tape and but I and we used to the dock that I was just talking to you about. And I didn't mean to cut you off there, but I, I we used to load stuff what I call the Egyptian way. We put we could get the uh, the way my dock at this building I had purchased, you, you know, it was, it was old sewing building, and we could get the. We could get the pallet to the to to a, a dock, but then it was a drop off, and then you know, in the in the and it was facing west, and the trucks couldn't come in, but from the but from the north. So I, I mean, we we couldn't turn trucks in here. It was, like I said, this sewing factory was built with their own, you know, for this to fit their little box trucks and stuff. And, and so I mean, we had to tote things out there the Egyptian way. We'd had two two fours that sat out there on the dock all the time, and. When we got ready to load a pallet, we slid two fours in it, and you know, two guys got on the front and picked up under the shoulders and moved forward, and, and then two guys on the back had to pick the back up, and we had to tote it around there and slide it on a truck. 
And the same way we had to hand unload everything when the delivery was made. And, uh, you know, it's just, but you had to do what you had to do. Anyway, that's I, I, absolutely I, right. And what's so funny is that's exactly how we used to load pallets before we had a forklift. Yeah. And the only, the only difference is when we would unload, we would always have to pay extra for our deliveries. Um, we'd yeah, have them, we'd have our deliveries come with a pallet jack because when you're getting, you know, a 2000 pound pallet of resin, you can't, you can't quite lift that one. Yeah, well, remember, Brad, like I, I remember, you know, we're, we're like trying to hire hire somebody and there'd be like two two guys and Brad would tell me like, well, like the guy on the left is really super smart. And I'd be like, well, the guy on the right's like really super strong. Let's let's hire the guy that, yeah. <laughs> that can lift stuff. Yeah. So, uh, well, that's that sounds like uh, if you're like reinvesting and, and that kind of stuff, it sounds like, I mean, I know the demand for your calls is really high right now. And I know some, some businesses have struggled and stuff like that with COVID, but do you think that, that COVID has, has affected you like, a, you know, positively or, or negatively at all? I, 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 Dave, I really believe truly that, uh, I mean, COVID is a bad thing and, and it, I mean, it's awful. It's, it's take, it's took lives and everything, but through it all for my business, it, people went to the, it went, went hunting. So, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it put me in a position that uh, people gotten outdoors. I mean, they had to sequester or whatever, you, call, you know, stay away from everybody. And, I mean, it just, uh, they went hunting. And and it was in the spring when this thing hit. And uh, people just got more involved. And uh, uh, so we just kept selling turkey calls and then i think people more turkey hunting is a sport that's still growing uh it is a, a sport that's this it's not a there's not a plateau or anything in it right you know it hadn't been and so it's still growing and i think just the that in its own and then you know the guys were being told to it's getting laid off go home draw your unemployment or whatever stuff and the places are getting shut down and you know they just people went to the woods and, and that was a blessing for us. I mean, I put more people in the woods and I think it put more people knowing, um, who we are and are, are finding us, you know, and, uh, I, I just, like I said, I, I just, it, it, it's, it's wound up being uh, a good thing for COVID is nothing, but nothing's good about COVID. Uh, that's not what I'm saying, but, uh, um, it, it, it in in the odd shape and form and fashion it helped us because uh we were a springtime sport and with turkey hunting and and guys got laid off and stuff and they went to the woods and they couldn't be anywhere else so uh, uh you know yeah they went hunting. you know and they they also i i i kind of have a theory too like that you know people got uh they they got laid off and they had time and everything like that and uh you know, they did want to go to the woods, but they also had to make their had to make their dollars count. You know what I mean? So it seems like all, all of a sudden the, the, the equipment that's the most effective all of a sudden got really popular and the equipment that's maybe not quite as effective uh, is struggling a little bit. And that's where, you know, like our, our decoy sales, uh, it, you know, it's it's helped helped us and and Woodhaven calls. It sounds like it's helped you, too. And, um, you know, I think people got a little more discerning about about ch choosing the right stuff 
Yeah, I, I, and and just I think so too. I just and I think it's that uh, you get what you pay for uh, mentality. Uh, uh, people just just are happy to have something better. I think. Uh, I mean, and, and as good as they could afford that kind, you know. And just, I mean, I, again, we're, I, I just, I don't need a broke record, but you know, I just really believe it's just blessed, thankful and blessed that we're still able to do what we do, and then for people to believe in us. And no different than y'all. I mean, you make a good product, and you put it in the right hands, and then you back it up with good customer service, and I just. You know, I don't know. I'm shrugging my shoulders and nobody can see me, but, you know, I just believe it's a, there's a right way and a wrong way to do anything, and I just believe in doing things the right way. Well, I think you have um, people convinced, you know, the, the proof is in the pudding that you make an excellent product. And so along those lines, Mike, tell us about some of the different types of turkey calls that you make. Well, I mean, we make the, a full line of calls, I mean, mouth calls, uh, which just constantly evolving, really. <clears throat> I mean, you, you think, well, I mean, how can it still just latex and uh, aluminum frame and tape on it and everything? But it, you know, it's still the uh, we do the mouth calls and we got new techniques the way that been learning to build mouth calls, been building mouth calls a long time, been building turkey calls in general a long time, for a long time. And <clears throat> I'm, I'm very pleased that we're, where we're, where we've been and where we're going, where we're at. Um, I guess I'd be, I need to say that the correct way. I'm happy where we've been, glad, happy where we're proud of where we're at, but you know, obviously looking forward to where we're going. So, um, I, we make the mouth calls and like I said, the, the techniques and materials and time make a lot of difference and whether it's a good call or not. Um, it's so, but that, and then we make, uh, box calls. Uh, we're making more and more. I say, we just, I, I don't like to build a call if it isn't relevant and doesn't and prevalent. I mean, if it doesn't, if it isn't good enough to go to Turkey Woods and call Turkey, it, it's to me, it's, there's no reason to even fool with it. So, uh, but we uh, make more and more box calls. And I mean, as far as our cherry box call, our, our box call is basically called a real. Hand. I did a little call when I first started out a few years ago called a buzz box, and it was a little walnut and and white oak uh, glue up box. I basically cut out the parts and the pieces, and I glued them up, you know. And uh, so anyway, I I. Uh, that was the first little box I did was Buzz Box, and then it went. Uh, then it then we started making this call called the Real Hen that we use now. And the Cherry, uh, the Cherry Real Hen is a real uh, dominant call. Uh, it sounds like a turkey. And uh, anyway, so we, but we do walnut real uh, box calls. We do Cherry Box call. We're doing a Maple Box call now. Let's see, we're doing a Mahogany Box call. That's you know really really good and anyway just lots of different box calls and then we're doing pot calls and that pot call uh market you know we do crystal slate aluminum just different calling surfaces in the call itself and then <clears throat> we have um different designs in our wood um 
different types of wood. We do uh, cherry, walnut, maple, uh, mahogany. We're doing different types of wood and different designs in, of those wood. And uh, so that being said, too, that's a, you know, as a, uh, that leaves you with a plethora of stuff that's going on there. I mean, then we got crow calls, owl hooter, hawk call. We got a lot of strikers. Uh, uh, that, that we use on the pot calls and and that I tell you, you you're talking about a product that just continues to to just just stagger um, is the cherry classic crystal I came up with that call most call all the calls is being built out of walnut or some kind of you know laminated walnut or something back in the day and when I say back in the day as we was you know growing up and or, or getting into the turkey call business and I was obviously trying to always experiment and try to be different or better or whatever and you know and I just uh, came up with this analogy that I was going to make a cherry cup and I was going to use cortisone cherry wood for the inside soundboard biscuit thing and I wanted to laser engrave it because I wanted it to look good I, didn't, I just you know but uh, saying all that the cherry classic crystal has not lived its life span yet. It is still growing. I, I think I built that call and two started building it in two thousand three, something like that. And it's just it's just ridiculous how it's still growing today. It's just that good a call. It's just a pure pure turkey call. It's a good. So anyway, uh, we make a bunch of calls, mouth calls, um, pot calls, box calls, and everything. Wow. That, so, so with all the, all those different types of calls, I mean, how, how, how does somebody choose one or, or what one would you recommend like for a beginner? Well, the, our number one uh, math call has been red wasp for a good number of years. And now though, it's this new uh, ninja series stuff that I'm doing. It's a new technique and a new way I'm building calls. And uh, I, I think that all the ninja calls are very user, user friendly. And, uh, Anything in a, in, a, in a V cut is simple and easy to use for a guy to make a mouth call work. Uh, mouth calls take time to uh, to manage that skill and everything. So, um, I, I, my thing is is get a box call, uh, and if you got an opportunity to run some and hear them, I, that's the best way to do it. Uh, hear the call, make sure you're happy with the way it sounds before you purchase it and make sure it sounds like a turkey instead of a man on a squawky old box. Hmm. Um, but, uh, it, you know, I, it's one of those uh, situations where um, I'm going to say get a box call and it, I can have you proficient in calling turkeys on a box call just in no time. Uh, and then, you know, get your crow call and, and uh, be able to locate, my, you know, what you can afford and what you can do and then uh, you know, a pot call. I mean, the cherry classic crystal. There's nothing wrong with that call at all. I mean, anybody can run it and use it. And uh, but uh, you know, some folks like plain uh, slate as far as the probably ease of use and everything. But it uh, cherry classic crystal is a good pot call. So I mean, if I'd go, I if I had to recommend, I'd go cherry. Uh, the real hen cherry box call, I'd go cherry classic crystal. I mean, you just can't go wrong with those is the only reason I'm saying that. I mean, 
you just can't go wrong with them. Um, then uh, mouth call, I would get something in a Ninja series. And like I said, anything V-cut is simple and easy to call. And Mike, um, you know, we get a lot of springtime showers out here in in uh, Western Oregon where we do most of our hunting. And so for guys like myself who really love to run a pot call, what's the best surface for when it gets wet? Uh, that, the water obviously is a challenge. I mean, the, um, these waterproof strikers help a lot, but I don't know if I have that, if I have that one right answer right there, I would, I would probably say the, um, the aluminum, something, you know, something like that. I mean, everything has its, everything has its challenges. There's nothing you can get away from the challenge of humidity and everything with, with calls, uh, and those, those surf, you know, the, but we, we, we're making, um, a waterproof type striker now, you know, with a, a tip on it just uh got a hardened material on the end and i mean we're basically and you you can you can do you can do wonders if you just work at it i mean but with calls that uh i mean even in the in the wet conditions i mean we we don't suggest by any means that that you take uh, a wood potted call and 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 subject it to a whole lot of moisture i mean it's it's not gonna that's that's wood and moisture don't mix i mean it's just gonna be a hard thing for the uh, because you're going to put a lot of stress and strain on the call. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I, like I said, I believe I'd go with aluminum if I just had to choose one for cold, for wet weather conditions. Okay. All right. And so what is for you personally, what's your go-to call? Uh, you know, it, 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 it's not like I don't answer that, and every time I'm, I'm, I'm caught like in the proverbial deer in the head. I mean, it, it's whatever the turkey likes, and I know that's a cliche, but I mean seriously, I mean I'm, I'm, I'm about what whatever I can call that turkey, whatever he's liking, whatever he's what's what's cranking his tractor, and you know I wind up carrying uh, usually a crystal and an aluminum and a slate, or or you know I may run a glass, or if I've got anything that in the horizon that's uh, that I'm working on, uh, you know, Oh, pardon me. That gum missing sleep catching up with me, boys. Um, <laughs> the, uh, um, I, well, I kind of, I guess I kind of lost my, I guess when I did the big yawn, I, I, I lost some brain matter out my mouth here. I guess I lost my train of thought. Uh, you were talking about how what I um, like. you carry a variety of calls right. with you, and right. whatever the bird yeah. likes is is what, yeah, what you apologize. stick with. Uh, the uh, and like I said, I'm gonna have a multiple calls. I'm gonna have a box call or two. I'm gonna have three or four pot pot calls and a little per pot, and I'm gonna have me um, a couple of mouth calls and and it, and again. It, I, I don't get stuck on one or the other. I, I kind of do what I kind of experiment and, and more oftentimes than not, I'm uh, maybe probably running something that's um, prototype, you know, I, I, I'm going back to be running and not always, but I mean, I'm always try, having to run something because I'm, 
I'm generally two and three years ahead of developing my product line than, than I mean, than at the time it is right now. I guess that makes sense. I'm, I'm two or three years ahead in, in my product, pro, product production and stuff and research and development and getting out in the woods and running calls and seeping how the, how the turkeys respond and then how the call responds and to weather and all kinds of situations. Yeah, that's, that's, that's probably why your calls are so great. Like, uh, you know, putting that time and figuring out what works and what doesn't. Um, what about, uh, what's, what about a locator call? What's your, what's your favorite locator call? Hawk. Uh, everybody, uh, I mean, I, everybody in the woods blows an owl hooter or in a crow call and everything. And, and we make good ones. I mean, uh, I, we put a lot, of, a lot of effort. I, in first line in my business plan, I said I want to build the best turkey calls there ever was, period. You know, and then kind of added in the words comprehensive. I wanted to build a comprehensive turkey call line. I didn't mean I didn't want to just have be known to having good mouth calls and and terrible box call or you know or gosh, this guy makes good box call, but his mouth calls attract. I, I wanted to build the best all across the board, and that's what I set out to do. And uh, we really work hard. We hand sand our mouthpieces. We turn our barrels and stuff. I mean, it, it, there's so many things that go into making a good call. I mean, it, it, it's not just one every, every kind of call. So, but what I'm saying is, we we do a lot of work to make our crow call sound just like a crow and everything. Our owl hooters and and but the hawk, uh, our little hawk call is a high pitched shrill that like a, you know the red tail hawk that. And so that mm-hmm. high pitch, and it gets a lot of turkeys to gobble. And if it doesn't make a turkey gobble, a lot of times it makes something else. A squirrel go blustering up or a blue jay crawl back or something. So basically a hawk, he's a pretty much an instigator stirrer kind of thing. And I just believe he stirs the woods and stuff. So I kind of believe that, uh, uh, that that's... The, you know, and plus I use that call as a pileated woodpecker also, which is a you know big loud bird down here in the south. I don't know what they do up there, but I mean big old woodpecker, redheaded woodpecker down here that does that. And uh, and uh, so I'm I'm able to use the hawk call to do that quick burst of air scream, that, that little pee pee pee, and then uh, to try to get a shot gobble. And I use the same call and just tap the, tap my tongue like on the little mouthpiece like a valve to get that. And uh, so I'm trying to be different because I hunt so much public ground. Uh, I don't I don't do much owl hooting and stuff at daylight. I just think these turkeys are pounded and pounded and pounded with, especially in public woods. You know they're just they're just bombarded with all these calls. You know, and I just I just I just believe that I can keep my mouth shut and let them do their thing or something. I just believe it's, I can do it different. And um, like I, said, I, I do use an eye hooter sometime. I do use my crow call. But, I mean, most of the time I just stay, I'm, I'm just very conservative and just let the turkeys and do what they're going to do. And I use the hawk when I want to. When I want to or, and uh, I, I'm, I guess I'm just different in the way I do things, but that's okay too. So, obviously, you hunt a lot of pressured birds. Um, mm-hmm. What would you say are some of the more common mistakes that you see hunters making when it comes to calling turkeys? Calling too much, moving, 
I mean, not having any patience. I mean, and woodsmanship. I mean, <clears throat> I wish I could bottle that. And no, I don't. I think that's. I think woodsmanship. <laughs> it, it, it's it's got to be earned. I mean, you know, I I, I start saying I wish I could bottle that and sell it. You know, but uh, <clears throat> you got to learn woodsmanship. And uh, I just think common mistakes that that I think people make is they're not proficient with the call. Uh, look, I, I, my, my thing is, is if you can cluck and kill him to be the best clucker you can be, learn, but be a proficient, get you a good call, get proficient and know how to know what the call is going to do. Learn how to do it quietly. Learn how to do it a little bit louder. Learn how to do it slow. Learn how to do it fast. What if you do this? What if you do that? So I, I just think that they, people need to learn and become knowledgeable about their own calls and what their call will produce and sound like. And, um, you know, and then be, what would I say? Stay in your, stay in your lane. You know, don't, don't, don't go out there and just call and, and, uh, just call and call and call. I mean, it, this, I mean, there's, there's no need in that. But I mean, I, I think everybody would call and enjoy themselves, but, uh, calling, uh, in this stupid amount of calling, I, you know, I just don't think that's, you know, I just don't think that's necessary. But so I think calling too much and calling too loud, you know, and not being e efficient with your calls. Well, that would that's be my a, biggest thing. That's a perfect segue in, into our next uh, section here. We want to go over some scenarios with you. We want to play these scenarios out and we want to find out what you would do in these situations. So um, let's go with uh, scenario one here and that is um you got a hot bird and he's gobbling on his own so you sneak in undetected get as close as you can you get set up grab your favorite call he's still gobbling and you're just sure that as soon as he, he hears you he's gonna fire right back but instead as soon as you hit your first nose he shuts up how do you respond I get up and leave. <laughs> <laughs> go, go practice. Go practice calling. He, yeah, he's he's done. He's done. He's done. Uh, he's done. Hurt my feelings, you know. Uh, <laughs> go find yeah. another bird. Yeah. Say, hey man, you you ain't gonna do that to me. Uh, <laughs> I, it, I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out. Try yeah, me personally. I'm gonna obviously be quiet. And I'm gonna try to figure out what's going going on and going on. Something's wrong, you know. If I make a call and he goes uh, quiet on me, there's a problem. I mean, and but but everything has to have a reason. Does that make? I mean, the old thing you learned in school for every equal and. There's an opposite uh, reaction. There's an opposite reaction. Uh, so I mean, there's a reason. He, he, he's either boogered or done hurt, or you messed up, or he's you know, I mean, you know like I said, he's gobbling in, in your analogy. There, you're set up and you're ready, and and he's still gobbling, and you make a call and he quits. You know, like I said, first thing to do is just go home. But uh, now, nah, and, and that's all being funny and everything. But uh, I. I'm just going to be as conservative and, and see if I can figure out and digest what 
what did go on and what is going on. Uh, so I'm going to be quiet and I'm going to wait, wait, wait till he makes the next move. If I've got time uh, and I'm going to stay on that turkey, I think that's one of the big things people don't realize is do what you want to do. I mean, if you want to stay on the turkey and you got time, stay on that turkey. And, you know, a lot of times now, back in the day, I, I'd just get up and I'd be, you know, I just, what's over the next ridge, man? You know, I'm, let's go. I'm, I'm not going to sit around there and wait, but, uh, but then I realize now how much, you know, turkeys I could have killed if I'd been more patient and everything. So, I, uh, hmm. I, I, patience, patience, patience. I mean, P-A-T-I-E-N-C and the E is silent. That's the way I, that's my analogy. Just mm-hmm. sit there and be quiet and figure out, see if you can figure out what, what you, what you think's going on. What do you think's going on? Did, did you, did you do anything wrong? Did you squeak the call or, I mean, and then just try to, I mean, to me, it's just figuring things out in general. And then, I'm, if I got time to, to do it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay right there and just try to see if I can hear hens calling or him fly down or see if he gets to goblin again or I may hear a four-wheeler crank up that I didn't know somebody else was there, you know. Uh, and, and I'm going to try to figure it out the best I can because, I mean, I put my time on this turkey. I want to be, I want to kid him if I can. I mean, and my analogy is too, if I want to, I, I, the only, only time I want a turkey to hear me is when I'm ready, you know, when, He's ready to die, and I'm ready to kill it. I mean, I'm gonna call to, I'm gonna call him and kill him. I try to tell folks my job is to call and kill. I mess with the cameraman all the time. I tell him, hey, I said my job is to call and kill, and your job is to put it up, make me look good doing it. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> okay, well, I, I've got one for you then, uh, and I, I appreciate that. That was a that was a good answer. That that patience like that's pretty important but so let's say let's say you're calling out a bird that's fired up and and you call and he answers back and then he starts he starts you know cutting the distance making it to you but then all of a sudden he just hangs up and you know we've all been in that situation like let's say he's you know he just won't come in the last 20 yards or something like that what then then what would you do in that situation well you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them that's what kenny rogers said in his song you know, you got again patience, and you got to be able to 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 decide if you're gonna gonna continue to try to call, which I think is a mistake. But it's not always a mistake. Again, you got that's how wisdomship and 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 judging uh, situations and doing it year after year after year and having multiple encounters with turkeys. That's what makes you be a better turkey hunter. But uh, on that situation, I mean. Tone it down. I'm going to go to, you know, just clucking and purring, raking leaves. If I can get away with, with, you know, him not seeing me and everything, if I can rake leaves. And, um, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm assuming this turkey is in view, so I can't just get up and back, drop back and, and call back away. The topography means a lot to me. I, I play, I play the topography, obviously, here in these woods that I hunt in the mountains and everything. I'm able to play the topography to big degrees my way. So uh, lots of things make different for me and be different for me than it would be somebody else in their scenarios. But I'm just going to be um, soft call, cluck, purrs, just that little tender yipping and, uh, and, and waiting them out. Again, if you got time to wait, that's the biggest thing. You know, let him, if he's got, you said he was gobbling and coming and then he hung up. Well, 
he's hung up because he can see or he don't sense something ain't right or he thinks that turkey, the hen ought to be coming to him or I mean there's a reason some, again if you got time to figure out that reason that's part of making yourself a good woodsman and uh, but then if you can't get him to budge can't get him to do his thing I mean without pulling some of them fancy moves of dropping back and have or having somebody to call behind you or being able to move move in a different way that that most folks you know it's those those things are next thing you got to do is just be quiet and let him make up his mind are we going to play or not i mean we're playing for fun in a meal and he's playing with his life so he's a you know they're them jokers is wary and and my turkeys around here they were hatched for you know, my turkeys are hatched with hard hats, flat jackets, and PhDs. I don't know about y'all's. But, you know, <laughs> mine's bad. My dudes are bad. They know what they know it all when they get here. Yeah. Yeah, um, and we do a mix of private and public hunting and I I'll I'll definitely say that uh uh those public birds they're they're a lot tougher. And um in that situation which I've been in quite a few times i'm i'm with you i i just shut up you know right. and and try to wait it out and if you're patient enough i mean i've had birds that you know shut up and for 45 minutes or an hour didn't make a sound and you know next thing i know i hear yep and yes. here he comes yep so okay so let's go over another scenario and this is this is one that's, uh, man, it's, it's a tough one. Um, so you're after a bird that's got hens with him and he can hear you and you can't get any closer to him. And, and he, he'll give you the occasional gobble, but he won't break away from those hens. How do you call to him? Uh, There's multiple ways, and again, wisdomship and being in the woods, and you're and just having a sense of there. The only rule in turkey hunting is there is no rule. And, you know, everybody thinks it's a cut and dry thing, and everybody's looking for those cut and dry answers. And I and I understand why we answer these, and we and why we talk about because people are trying to glean from us what we're what we've got to say and and everything, and and uh, but. Man, I may try to cut and try to tick off the the, the main hen in the area, or you know, I, I, and sometimes I've I've done what they call low cutting, cutting in 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 low scenario again. Patience, patience, patience. Everybody gonna get tired of hearing me talk about patience, but man, that's the that's that's patience is the killing game right here i mean i want to call conservative and 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 clean i want to sound as much like a real turkey as i can possibly be and then it's just patience uh but then like i said i may cut at it just you know and just try to just just i i guess i could be in that um what have i got to lose scenario right there um but, and so uh, at that point, you're, you're calling to his his hens at that point, his boss hen yeah, in particular. Right. And trying to tick her off and, and, and trying to invoke, you know, some kind of reaction from him. But um, with it, with the idea that he's going wherever she's going. That's right. And then 
But if that don't work, I mean, again, you kind of play one card or the other. You really usually don't have many chances uh, to play them again. You, 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 you know where I'm, where I'm going with that. I mean, you just you usually don't have many uh-ohs and, and, and redos. I mean, once you do that loud calling, you can't take it back. And conservative calling, you're going to sit there and think, well, is it working? I mean, you know. Again, that soft calling stuff is the is is primarily the best, but uh, I, but I, I may try to jerk him, you know, jerk his get his mind all messed up by trying to do something different than he's ever had done to him, you know, and that's uh, so. Call so at him that mean, So, Mike, then if like if you're just hunting on public. Uh, on you know hunting public birds and you know birds are there but you but they're not making any sounds whatsoever like so in that situation do you just you just start out really really soft and subtle yeah i'm i'm always my analogy is is I, i'm gonna make i can always make a call uh, a soft call louder but i can't take a loud call and bring it back so I'm gonna cluck a little bit and just see how just take just in case the turkeys are closer by than i than than they than I think they are or where I, if I don't know if I'm just like I said their birds are silent I'm trying to use my woodsmanship to put myself in the right situation to um, help my odds so to speak and uh, you know get myself where I can be in the best position to for, by scouting and everything you know be in the best position to to uh, uh, fine turkeys and then beyond that I mean it's um, kind of a uh, I'm going to call conservative and then if I don't hear anything I call a little bit louder and then if I don't hear anything I you know call a little louder and put a little pop, pop, pop. Uh, you know good cutting series a little cackle type series I mean uh, being able to do that and do it right doing it where it sounds good and, and being consistent with that I mean again if you can call well you know, but know your ability. That's to me again. I, I'm just I'm gonna keep being ticky, ticky, ticky about that. Know what you know what you're good at, and then and be you know, be be good at what you are at. I mean, I I, I I'm gonna I, I guess I'll just beat that up, beat that up, beat that up. Just that's just kind of my my thoughts. Yeah, and we realize those are really general questions, um, but I. Uh... I I um I think you really nailed it when you said knowing the topography of where you're hunting and how how that can come into play as far as your strategy goes too because I know I've been in that situation where I've got a hand up bird before and I I realize I can't pull him away from his hands and a lot of times I'll wait him out and if they don't come to me eventually but let's say they go the other way there might be an opportunity to try to get up and get around and get in front of those birds. And then, you know, once they're coming, coming to me on their own, on their own terms, um, a lot of times it's just a little soft calling with a different call mm -hmm. has, has worked for me. Right. Now changing calls, I, I, you know, and like I said, I, I guess I'm getting a little, uh, brain, brain daddy on some of this stuff, but yeah, changing calls. If I've been using a mouth call, I mean, and I had a good hunt last year that just, I changed, uh, and it's not, you know, I think I, it's hard for me sometimes to answer and continue answering these questions and, and questions about turkey hunting because I'm to a different, not that I'm, but I'm to a different level with this stuff, and I do it, so I just do what I do, I, and I don't 
I don't think about what I'm doing. Does that make sense? I, I, yeah. I, I'm not, I, I think I hunt best when I'm by myself because I'm not trying to explain myself to somebody. And I think in these scenarios like right now, uh, um, in, in what we're talking about today, um, you know, it's, it's, again, it's one of those, uh, I, I, I didn't even think about it because I, I would every day, every nearly every scenario, I'm not going to use just one call. I'm going to sound like multiple hands, period. So, I'm, you know, I'm not just a one, one, uh, one way call. I mean, I'm, I'm going to have all those calls. I'm going to have a crystal and a, and a slate call and a purr pot and a mouth call. And, but, you know, last year, uh, I had, uh, a call, uh, uh, started in with a glass call, a ninja glass, and the turkey really responded and worked. You know, just how oh, I answered it right back, and I thought, well, well you know, and uh, he wound up kind of drifting. I called a little bit more of that call, and you know, he didn't act like he really wanted it anymore, and I wound up changing to another call, can you, oh, mahogany, uh, crystal, and uh, you know, he he hit it and responded, and you know, and 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 did good, but he just, again, I mean, he just, he, he came in and got really close at that, um, to the mahogany crystal sound, but then, um, what I finally finished him with, what, and what made him, he, uh, come back was I switched to a mouth call, and I actually switched to two mouth calls, but I mean, uh, you know, a little Talon mouth call is what wound up being his demise. Um, you know, that's what made him really you know, made him fold up and come. So, so answering all that is, is back to multiple turkey calls. You being able to use different calls and everything. You know, that's a big, big thing. Being able to use different calls and um, and know when to hold them and know when to fold them. So, yeah, knowing the lay of the land, like you were saying. Yep. So. Uh, have you had a chance to make it out yet this season? I, I, I think I think Scott was saying that we're recording a little bit later today because you actually did get out and, and yeah, did some I, and I, yeah. I mean, we've been doing some hunting. My son Jacob's already killed uh, three uh, gobblers this year, and I mean, we have a, a limit of five in the spring and uh, everything. So, but he's already killed three and. Uh, been pleased to have he had a tough year last year i mean he was out because of covid and we hunted a lot with him but he really did a, a strong learning curve last year he just never could you know have his gun pointed in the right direction you know it was just one of them things something would always happen or some some kind of booger you know would, would cause a situation that wasn't good so but he so he's having he's off to a, a good start and uh we've been uh hunting a pretty good bit and um well i say pretty good bit when we can uh we've been going as, as we can like i said we've taken jacob and jacob's having a good year and i have not pulled a trigger on a turkey yet but i mean i've had some um, opportunities could have killed one this morning and could have killed one a few days ago and that, you know, that uh, really was um uh you know the one the other day i just wouldn't have been on camera i mean we were trying our best to get it on camera to have content for our youtube network and viewers and everything and i just decided i didn't want to kill that turkey so uh, and then you know uh could have killed a couple this morning but I just again it was a pushy uh, situation I had hands come in and 
but for about four or five days prior, we didn't hunt on Easter. I don't, I, you know, I'm not going to hunt on Easter. This is my personal preference there. And, um, it just, uh, so, but the day, two or three days before that, and then, you know, we just hadn't heard any turkeys go. And, uh, it's just not fun to me. Not when they're not gobbling and doing their thing. I mean, I, I mean, but and you know, when you got a few days off and only a few days off, and you got to do your deal, then you know you, you got to go with go hunting and do the best you can as you can. So um, you know you got to make it work on those days. And me personally, I'm gonna you know I'm not gonna worry about it. Uh, I'll I'll catch them another day. You know I'm gonna hunt when I can. And I'm the whole thing about turkey hunting to me is if I could be out there and enjoy it and everything, then that's that's a good deal. And just being out there, just feeling like I gotta be out there and I gotta do this, gotta, do, I'm I'm past that anymore. But I so answering that, I mean, yeah, we've had some success, but uh, I haven't pulled a trigger yet. This and could have, I probably already could have killed two or three turkeys my own self, but. Uh, those today, I came in, had a hint, like I said, one hen came in, I had one gobbler just screaming, coming in good, and I thought, well, this is, this is going to be cute, you know, it's over with quick, finally got one gobbling, and uh, good weather today, and, and he was just coming, and coming, coming, and uh, some deer came down out of the little, off a little ridge to, for, uh, from our left, and his, you know, and, and kind of paused him there a minute and it paused him there enough for Jezebel to catch up with him because the next thing I know he, he started pedaling around going backwards and I said wait 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 where are you going and then I seen you know saw the hen flicker down there on the edge of a little opening that he saw her and he went down there to her oh, that's what I do too you know and uh, and then you know a few minutes later I mean I told the cameraman that was with me I said Dylan we're gonna you know we're just gonna sit tight there's no need moving these turkeys right here you know and, and, and we're just there's no need in this big footing out of here and just trying to go stomp out some more woods. Let's just let's see what happens. And we wasn't 30 minutes later, you know, I turned around, you know, and just kind of did a, you know, be still. And uh, there was a, another hen coming and coming around the uh, another roadbed and uh, and got to watching her. And the next thing I saw it puffed daddy behind behind her, you know, had a big strutter behind her, and then wound up being another hen and. And two strutters, another, you know, and that was a heck of a deal. And wound up, the first hen came down and got right, past, you know, down in there by us and passed us and off to her. And then the next hen was coming down, that gobbler's just strutting around right behind her and another strutter behind him. And I thought, well, you know, this is, a, again, don't think because he'll, you know, change your mind, he can catch you. But, uh, uh, you know, the one I started to lift my gun when I had an opportunity when the turkey was in range and getting closer and I I didn't forget about the hen I just couldn't couldn't I scan looking for her and couldn't see her and so I slowly lifted my gun and got ready but the the hen that was there first and had drifted just out past me caught a little bit of movement she didn't know exactly what was going on she let a little soft cluck and put and got everything on alert and you know, like I said, they turned around there and got out of there in the next few, you know, next few 30 seconds or so. I mean, but I could have killed the turkey, but I just didn't think it was, uh, well, it just, it just, it wasn't, it was a chancy deal and it wasn't, it just, it, you know, I just, he was in range. He was just a little bit thick and I just knew there was a better, better day and a better chance to, to get it done. So anyway.
That's a long-winded long way to say, no, I ain't killed nothing yet, so I must be a terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I get that, though. Like, it, you know, you, you, want, you want to kill them the way that you want to kill them. Like, if, and if it's, I mean, we do that with geese all the time. And if they, you know, if they don't finish right, if they don't finish right, we just don't shoot. And, you know, that's. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're telling it like it is, too. And I mean, folks don't understand. I tell folks now, it's an evolution. And when you're young, you do not want to kill a turkey. When you want to. Uh, you know, when you then you want to get to where you can kill a few turkeys, and then you want to get you get some mad at them. You want to kill all the turkeys, and you know. And now I just want to kill my, you know, I just want to kill, but I want to do it my way. I, I yeah. want him to. I want to make him. It's the ultimate game anyway, so I want to make him do the thing of things my way. I, I want. I want to make him look, you know, stupid. And I want him to come in, you know, you know what I'm saying, not stupid to, to take any slide on the, on the fine birds, but I want to, I want to fool him and know that I know, and I want him to know I fooled him. You know, I want to make him do something that he knows he shouldn't do. And I, that's just the graduation of a turkey. I mean, I'm an old turkey hunter. I've killed a lot of turkeys. And um, I, now, so I'm to the point that, I mean, I've done it, done it, done it, and I still enjoy it every day, but I, now I, I'm, I'm uh, so uh peculiar about it i want you know I, and it drives them cameraman insane because they're wanting to get footage for and content for youtube channels or whatever but you know they they're like man why why are you doing this thing you know because i'm being stubborn and bullheaded and and uh i just say cause can i mean i, I just want to make him i want to fool him at his game and i want to you know so I, I'm like, sometimes I make things more difficult on me than I need to be, but it's cause I want to make a turkey do what I want him to make him do. Right on. So, uh, where, where can people find out, uh, about your calls and where can they buy them? Uh, all the major sporting good retailers, obviously, uh, are, are carrying them. And, uh, we're, again, we're blessed and thankful for that. I mean, uh, your Bass Pros, Cabela's, your Shields, um, Gander, Academy, uh, some dicks. I mean, some of these guys could do a lot more. They could do a lot better job of carrying, you know, and some of them are doing a great job. Fantastic. And I mean, we're just, uh, thankful the partnerships that we have in that way, but then all of the dealers and we're, we're proud of our dealer base, uh, because mom and pop shops is, it's what's made America and it should continue to, to make America. So, uh, we're proud of them. And, uh, so if you got local sporting goods store, if, if they're not carrying them, ask them to carry them. Uh, but then online, obviously there's a multitude of ways with the advent of COVID. I mean, all your big online retailers and even some small retailers. And of course we have a, a website and direct, a direct way to buy, uh, calls from us i mean uh it's www.woodhavencustomcalls.com and then uh i mean we, you know some folks just want to buy straight from the manufacturer and that's okay we, you know we we we'd be glad to do that too and you mentioned mike that you have a youtube channel as well yeah um you know, I don't even know what them. I'm not the turkey guy, man. I'm a turkey killer. <laughs> I mean, I, but I had you know to what learn you mean. That, you know, I've had to learn too. One of the things that uh, I had to learn that killing turkeys don't make me money. Building turkey calls 
Does. I mean, it kills, that building turkey calls, it kills turkeys. It does. That, pay, that pays my bills. And so I have to be careful about um, uh, hunting, you know, that I have to realize hunting, I have to, a lot of times I got to be back here at the shop and doing my job instead of just turkey hunting. But uh, the YouTube stuff is coming up in different formats now. Podcasts, we're starting to do some podcast stuff and uh, covering some subjects of that uh, we think are interesting and that we get questions about. And, um, um, we got the Facebook page, uh, the YouTube there too, back at, it's a uh, Turkey Ninja. It's got some of our hunting, different episodes for me in the woods hunting. Some of like guys really, um, um, enjoy hearing me talk about turkey hunting and seeing me in the woods. I mean, there's a lot of different, uh, guys on there, but seems like guys, uh, a lot of the audience really enjoy, um, the episodes include me probably because it's just in the deep South, it's in the big woods and, and you know, generally I'm in the public ground and, and, um, people want to hear you run calls and, and get set up on turkeys and kill them. I mean, it definitely was my ship again, was my ship, was my ship. I'll beat that up all day long. That's awesome. Yeah, well, we're just about out of time here, Mike, um, but we really want to thank you for taking the time to join us today. We know you're a busy man, and uh, we greatly, greatly appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be here with us. Oh, I love it. Again, it's a blessing. You got I always want to be giving than, than just receiving. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I'd rather give than receive, and I hope we're giving back to your audience and your uh, people and uh, obviously it's a, a blessing to be here and uh, thankful to be invited okay well stay safe and keep up the great work and be sure to make some more time to get out and chase some gobblers this season okay yeah yeah thank you so much thank you so much mike that was that was great we really appreciate it yes sir well, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Mike Pentecost, be sure to check out WoodhavenCustomCalls.com for the full line of Woodhaven products. And also, be sure to follow Woodhaven Custom Calls on Instagram and Facebook and check out their YouTube channel. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of DSD Hunting Podcast. Um, we really appreciate you helping us grow this podcast Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts or even just share on social media. Uh, that goes a long ways. We'd love the chance to keep bringing fresh content. So if you don't already, follow us, Dave Smith Decoys, on Instagram and Facebook for updates on new episodes. We'll have opportunities for customers to get involved, too, with the conversation and ask questions. So keep an eye out every Friday for new episodes. And thank you so much for all your support and for listening to us.